Hello, and welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. I am your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your other host, Soli Hommel. And we're going to take you through 31 scary movies through the month of October, like we do every year. But for the first time this year, we're going to do it entirely in audio format. We like to mix it up every year. One thing you need to be aware of is that we will be employing a truly ghoulish number of spoilers throughout all of these reviews. So if you haven't seen the movie we're reviewing, maybe don't listen to our podcast until you do. We highly recommend you check them out and watch along with us. It's going to be fun for everybody. I mean, how could it not be? So if you're ready and you've watched the movie, please step inside our lair and let's begin. The Levenger Tapes, which may have been from 2013 and may have been from 2011. Who knows? Sources differ. Is rated R, has a 92-minute runtime. Uh, we watched it on Hulu, and IMDb gives it a 4.4, while the Rotten Tomatoes audience score is a 17. That's not a lot. It is not. There is no Rotten Tomatoes critic score. So, um, this was your choice. So... Tell us, why did you pick the Levenger tapes? And give us a little synopsis. Well, I mean, right in the synopsis, you can discover why I would pick this movie. Um, Basically, I flipped through all the horror movies on Hulu, which I tend to do for hours at a time. Yes, you do. uh, Yep, turns out there is someone (laughs) who is aware of that. Um, So I flipped through them a whole bunch, and then I was like, let's do this one because this is a movie it's a found footage movie oh. wait but it's not just a found footage movie it's about you know every found footage movie says these tapes were discovered by the authorities and you know now we're showing them to you this movie though is actually about the authorities looking at the tapes so it's like actually happening in the movie and it cuts to the found footage back and forth mostly it's found footage but it occasionally shows you the cops so that's basically it kids go in the woods and die and then (laughs) there's tapes of it and they're checking it out and the thing is they got the tapes right away so the exciting part is they're watching the tapes to try to know what to do to go save these kids in case they're still alive sure so exciting and found footage always one of your favorite things i love it you are a found footage fanatic it's not because it's good it's because it's bad and i like bad movies yeah i think it's bad and it's just bad which Most is so good. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about first shot, first line. Yeah, what what happened there? So the first shot was a found footage shot of the camera falling, and it's very flickery, and there's like a weird kind of brown filter on it. It's clearly like supposed to be that the camera is malfunctioning. And then for the first part of it, it kind of flipped in between or it had this like flickery uh lots of malfunctioning camera shots happening and then along with that was somebody talking and the first thing they said was okay i'm walking through it now it's dark out here but then they went on having this conversation and You don't know what those shots are showing, obviously. And you don't know who's talking or what they're talking about. And I thought it was interesting because it turned out that the person talking was not who I thought it was. It was kind of an interesting little twist later on in the movie. Yeah, it uh, that was a that 
first scene is also a scene much later in the movie. It's basically just you're seeing it early, and so it's yes. supposed to set you up and get you excited. Yes, I made a note that that same shot that starts the movie shows up again at minute 55. This movie opens in classic found footage fashion with our protagonist, uh, the guy, the girl he's interested in, and the friend of the girl he's interested in, going driving and having a horrible, inane conversation that doesn't make any sense and is about absolutely nothing. It was like the worst example of one of the things I hate most about found footage movies. So found footage movies are often ones that don't have script. Like that they're just like, well, like Blair Witch. They're like, you're out in the woods and we're going to do scary things and we're going to film you reacting, right? Yeah. Only in this case it was, you're on a really awkward road trip and none of you really know each other and you have to chit chat. And they were the worst at chit chatting. Yeah. It was super uncomfortable. It was strange because it, that through that whole scene... Amanda, she seemed super, I mean, it seemed like she was very interested in the guy because she found everything he said really funny, even when it really wasn't. No, he was creepy And she was just too perky. She was so excited. And then her friend was the exact opposite. She was like all emo and sullen and Uh on her phone. But that, again, carries through the whole movie. Like they, they picked who these characters were and then pushed them to the extreme. Like, they were very... Um, I'm trying to think of something that would have a single facet, but that's but not actually a thing. Things that don't so, exist have those. Yeah. Yeah, they were very one-dimensional. Yeah. Um, and the dimension for the guy is uh, Mikey's Rule of Horror Movies. Oh, yes. Number 73. Uh-huh. The guy, and it is always a guy there are no exceptions to this rule uh-huh who's operating the camera in a found footage movie is always a total ball. yeah that guy is always super arrogant he's always a jerk he's always very self-centered and it's all about him all the time so the thing is even though i completely agree that that rule is true 100 percent of the time 100 The reason I agree with you is because this movie actually broke that rule (laughs) and it made me go, wait, what? The girls are allowed to use the camera? So in this movie, the guy brought the camera. He, it was all his idea. Like it was all him, right? And that's what the rule is about. So he did. So it follows the rule, but really all three characters carried that camera around roughly the same amount of time throughout the whole movie. Yeah, it went around. And I feel like they were trying to do something in this movie, which I give them credit for. They were, they wanted all the characters to be characters on screen. And so they kind of cycled it around so that everybody had their time instead of the traditional one person is just the camera, which is interesting. Yeah, usually there's one guy who's behind the camera and you like see him in a mirror at some point early on and then you never see his face again. I have something to say about that in this movie, but I guess that's later. So the other thing that they did to try to get everybody on camera, which annoyed me, was they would put the camera down a lot. But it was always super conveniently set down in exactly the right direction to capture 
everything that was going on. Yeah. Or, you know, all the things that they wanted to capture. That's another classic found footage rule, but these guys really focused in on that. Sometimes yeah. they'd set it down real slowly and carefully and do it just <laughs> like, right. twist it right into <laughs> position. <laughs> okay, that yeah. might be exaggerating. So, for the sake of the conversation, I want to introduce the three characters. Okay. We have Chase, the camera guy. Yep. Who um, is all about getting with the girls. Like he's super yeah. excited that he's the only guy on this trip with these two hot girls. Right? That's like his entire mission. Which I have a whole issue with. Like this scenario is not believable. It is weird. It was super this weird. This is not a trip that should be happening. No. As a girl. As a former college student <laughs> woman. I could tell you that would never have happened. Because she didn't know him well enough to be inviting him right. on this trip. That was weird. Then we have Amanda, who apparently invited Chase on this trip, even though she barely knows him, like she sits behind him in chemistry or something and yeah. cheats off his tests. Amanda is super perky and positive and, you know, finds the good in people and whatever. And then we have Kim, Amanda's bestie, who doesn't like Chase at all, probably because she's a little uh, threatened by him cutting in on the friendship time whatever yeah um and she's super she's the, she was the super emo one and then there's the fourth character if you don't count all the cops who mm-hmm. by the way were bad actors i just want to say that the cops yes they were were bad and i don't know why they were bad and the kids weren't because they're the grown-ups they should know what they're doing i mean the kids weren't great i was surprised um that was one of my notes is that by comparison to uh devil's tree these were really good actors. Like, they they felt natural. Which, for found footage in general, I think they were surprisingly good. I will agree with that. And I just want to point out that that is in comparison <laughs> to Devil Tree, which was some of the worst acting we've come across. It's so, so good. I love that. You know, I don't want to set anybody's expectations super high there. So our fourth character, though, is the titular person of the movie, Katie Levinger, who... I don't know why this movie is called The Levenger Tapes, but anyway, she's somebody who's been missing. Yeah, Chase being the super great guy he is, like, steals rum from a liquor store, and then as they're trying to get away from the liquor store owner, they crash into another truck and then just drive off. Yeah, and Katie Levenger is in the car, and the cops recognize her, and that's an exciting moment. We're thinking, oh, there's mystery, there's multiple Mm -hmm. layers here. I don't know if there really are, but uh, Katie Levenger exists. We basically almost never see her again. But um, but she's a surprisingly like major part of the actual story. Yeah. I mean, I at think least her dress I, is. Let, let me just uh, spoil part of the story here by saying I don't know what the story is here. I'm so confused about almost everything that happened. But not in like a crazy ethereal mystery weird wibbly way yeah it wasn't in a way where after the movie's over you want to think about it a lot and like try to puzzle out what was going on it was in a what the heck was that i actually did google a couple of things i like looked up like what are other people thinking this happened here because i don't get it and turns out nobody else gets it either like if you (laughs) look up this movie online Basically, all the reviews say, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so it's good that we're in the in the majority there. Yeah. But um, I'm hoping that this discussion between us will help us reach a conclusion or some level of understanding. I'm really looking forward to that. So to help you out there, I nice. do have some like sort of theories about what was going on. 
Oh, I have one one-word theory. I don't know. Like, I have a couple different theories, but they don't really tie together well. Mm-hmm. But I sort of think that's what was going on, and the writers weren't able to tie it together well. Yeah. But I want to hear your one-word theory. Oh, no, it's not a good one. It's just that when they were out there, and they turned on the night vision and suddenly saw all sorts of eyes peeking out at them... And then coyotes started howling because the coyotes apparently didn't make any noise until the night vision turns on. Whatever. Right, you can only hear coyotes if you know you're they're there. Yeah, that's the nature of coyotes, I know. So those were there. Then they kept getting taken by invisible things and stuff. And I I wrote down skinwalkers, which is a thing. That's a Native American concept. It's basically a werewolf. Except it's somebody who can will willfully change back and forth, and you know they're super strong and whatever. They're like kind of the the boogeyman in that sense. And so they because uh, they talked about this as a Native American burial ground, maybe or maybe it's not. I don't know. And so you know, are these ghostly demon people that turn into coyotes? Probably not, because by the end, I think we found out that the big threat is. A woman who's sort of dead-ish, kind of weird-looking, maybe. We didn't really ever see her. Yeah, but where did she come from? So one of the reviews that I read had some kind of theory that this ghost woman or, or monster woman was an adult version of Katie Levenger. That's weird, but which is super sounds weird exciting. Because that, Katie Levenger... Twist was like not an adult and it was happening all at the same time so there was some kind of weird time warp thing happening there Mm -hmm. um she just wanted her dress back oh my gosh she was super everyone was super obsessed with this dress i mean if by everyone you mean the ghost lady and amanda yeah now see you're calling her the ghost lady i had a hard time writing the tags on this movie because i'm like well i want to say ghost i feel ghost is good but at no point does she do anything ghostly. She's just a woman who runs fast, as far as I can tell. I feel like she was a ghost in the sense that I think it was the spirit of someone who was dead. But she was a very corporeal ghost. Who could bleed. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's also the possibility that she was actually a living person who happened to be living out in the yeah, middle of this haunted burial person. ground. I mean, there was the house. Yeah. Was she the old lady? There were so many questions. Yeah, I I feel like there may have been something that the writers had in mind and they had it all figured out and we're dumb and that would make me sad. I don't feel like we're dumb, though. I feel like they might be I mean, there are definitely movies that I get to the end of and I'm like, ooh, I didn't get that. I'm not smart enough for this movie. Like, for sure. But I don't (laughs) think this was one of those movies. So another part of my theory there is that I thought Katie was dead. Yeah, what was that? So I really thought she was dead, and I kind of thought that it was not an old woman. It was actually Katie who was the ghost, the very corporeal Uh ghost who was chasing them, but I don't think that was actually true. But then the ghost lady gives Katie's body the dress back at the end. Which apparently brings her back to life. Right? Like, I so super thought she was dead, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, is it like her reanimated corpse now? Like, is this... Is this what happened to the ghost lady? She's a reanimated corpse running around, and now she just made another Ooh, one? Maybe that's, you know, this whole area that they locked off because they don't think people should go there because they're superstitious. It's, it's like, like a pet, pet cemetery. cemetery. Jinx. Okay, 
Maybe. It's People Cemetery. That's interesting. I like that. <laughs> I'm going to go. That's. Ooh. Okay. Wait. I'm making that my headcanon no, for this movie. Let me wave my arm around because <laughs> it's too bad this isn't a video podcast. Right? Because all three of these kids got attacked, dragged into nowhere that they know of silently, disappeared, and then later reappeared somewhere. What if they're all dead and they're back, but then they got killed again? So that would explain. There was a moment at the very end, because super spoilers here, Chase is super dead, Kim is super dead, Amanda is in the police station, and they're trying to get the story out of her and she's not telling it. And they kind of, like, the stuff, you know, they figure out what's going on, the cop guys. Oh, wait. I bet she's not telling them because she doesn't get it. That's possible. No, so I'm what I'm thinking, going along with your reanimated corpse, mm-hmm. that they're part of that thing, that she is. and Because there was a weird, like, like, she looked or she did something that made me think, oh, she's kind of evil now. Like, at the no, end. Oh, I didn't know that. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but it, it definitely seemed spooky to me. And so maybe that was the moment of, like, mm, she's a corpse. And now she's infiltrated the... FBI, police station, I don't... Yeah. It said small town cops somewhere that I read. Yeah. They didn't seem small town. They seemed kind of FBI. Yeah, they had a VHS. <laughs> True. Okay, they're small town cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't know, but it really... I, did, I didn't care enough to really care. Like, I have not thought about this since we watched it last night and I'm recording this now, like... I haven't spent a lot of time wondering about this movie. In fact, I had completely forgotten what movie we watched. <laughs> yeah. What I want to get into is favorite lines. I don't know if you wrote one down. I forgot to, mm. but I did have a note that makes me remember one, so I'll make sure to share it with our audience. It's not like a cemetery. It's more of a burial ground, which is why they made it a preserve. I, I don't know. Is there a difference between a cemetery and a burial ground? <laughs> I had that same note. I I really, I was like, those words mean the same thing. (laughs) I thought they did. Um, You know what? So I did have a favorite line. Did you? There were a couple lines I liked. But I think my favorite, favorite one was when Kim gets fed up. Like, Chase has disappeared. Amanda has the camera. Kim gets fed up with the whole thing. And she's, like, out of there. And she says, Too young and too pretty to die. And then she goes over a little, like, hill and promptly falls in a bunch of water which apparently was so deep that she was completely underwater she just disappeared she was gone for like 30 seconds and then came back but it was it was hilarious the i'm too young and too pretty to die in the woods splash (laughs) i actually have a note about that event which is that her hair was super nice after she dried off from that swim (laughs) she styled it again i think she had a curling iron out there Interesting that you should note that because at some point I noted that Amanda's hairstyle was really starting to look a little rough. Well, I'm sure she she had to go in the water after. Well, she did to yeah. chase her, so yeah. that would explain that. Okay, so I did find a personal connection. Yay! It's, it's a little. I mean, it's not a huge connection, but when they had the night vision and they were looking and they saw the coyote eyes and they all of a sudden they're starting to hear that yip 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 thing that the uh-huh. coyotes do. Like, it really made me remember uh, when we lived in California, yeah. and there were always coyotes around, and they would, like, sing, and 
then I liked it because I knew they weren't on my property. Like, I knew I was safe on my property. They were somewhere else and I could just hear them. Yeah, they were fun. But that, like, they, they do have such a pack thing going on and then they get everyone starts howling together and they do kind of have that surround you and we're going to eat you kind of vibe coyotes are not a noble creature in my mind scary um so yeah that that scene actually triggered some like anxiety in me because i would be super anxious if i heard coyotes that close around me I have, um, there were some scenes actually in this movie that I think were effectively scary. Shortly after that, um, there was the screaming coming out of a tree, which was really well done. Yikes. And then Amanda, I know you're going to talk about this later. I am going to talk about that. She decided she had to go in that tree and help the screaming woman who refused to say anything other than scream. And of course, that was a bad idea. And... That was pretty spooky. That was some Blair Witch action right there. It was. And to be honest, I think of the three we've watched so far, this is the one that had me the most scared. I remember you jumping at one point. I did jump. Well, you know, there were a lot of jump scares, which I don't really count as scared. Like, if if they trick me into a jump scare, I'm like, whatever. That's just, that's just like... What's it called? Uh, Reflexes. That doesn't count. Yeah. But there were points where I suddenly realized, like, oh, I'm... I'm a little anxious right now when they had lengthy quiet with the camera kind of panning around in like dark shadowy rooms where I knew something was going to come where I was Uh waiting for the jump scare and like they stretched it out long enough that my brain was upping the ante for them. Like, and I always think that's really effective when they can turn your brain against you and help you know, make you help with the anxiety piece of it and the tension. Yeah, like the tension building part of it. I always like when they make you part of the making you scared. Yeah. Well, and then when they were doing that, when they were panning around in the dark room, then twice this happened. He pans it around and ends up on a window or a mirror and sees his own <laughs> reflection and he freaked out. I didn't freak out because I'm like Yes, that's you. (laughs) But every time it happened, I was staring at it going, is there something behind him? And there never was. It was just that he was scared of himself. There should have been. (laughs) I know. If there was something, I'd be like, ooh, that's good. But no, it was just him. He was scared of himself. Well, and that's the thing, because we've watched so many scary movies. I know that there are movies where anytime there's a mirror, like if you're looking carefully, you'll see like, ooh, the little flash of something in the distance. Or they'll pan across the room and suddenly all the furniture's on the ceiling. (laughs) You know how much I like that. I do too. So like I, I wanted that to happen and it never really did. But the fact that that's kind of a a trope of scary movies had me on the edge of my seat while I was waiting for it to happen. Yeah. So I think we're going to send in that quote for the movie poster so that it says, had me on the edge of my seat, solely Hommel. Right. Wow. I love it. Five stars again. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about Amanda, since you mentioned her. (laughs) Yeah, because you have an issue. Okay. And because the whole, like... Screaming Lady in the Bush was one of the places where I was like, O-M-G, Amanda. Come on, girl. So Amanda is like 
the most lawful good character I've ever come across <laughs> in a horror movie. Yeah. Like, and it goes back to what I said earlier, where, like, they figured out this is what this character is like, and then they refuse to veer from that at all. Like, their characters... Yeah, no arcs allowed. No, they were, this is who they are, and this is what they're going to be forever and ever. And so Amanda was the good girl, and so she was such a goody two-shoes through the whole thing. Like, they find the place where they thought, you know, the girl and the old, the guy were with the truck, and they find her bloody dress, and she's like, no, I have to take this. We have to. This is evidence. And I was on board with that. I'm like, uh, yeah. I was too. I'm glad you were. I totally was. I'm like, yeah, this is important. And yet, there were points in the movie where evidence or not... Like, wanting to save this girl or find closure for her family or whatever or not, your life is about to end and still this bloody dress is the most important thing on your mind. Yeah, like, I couldn't, it sure was. It was too much. and Or her friends' lives were about to end. Like, her friends are being attacked and she's like, no, but the dress. <laughs> My girl, priorities. Yeah. Like, this person is dying right in front of you. It was weird because I was super annoyed by it. But at the same time, I agreed with the things that she was saying and doing. Like, we need to go into the bushes and find this woman who's clearly hurt and screaming. Yeah. Yeah, you should. But also, you're in the middle of a horror movie, <laughs> and bad things have been happening, and you should probably just leave. Yeah. That's understandable. I mean, a horror movie is not quite the same as real life, but if you were in it... It would be real life, so... I know. It's it's a tricky call to make, really. I know. I didn't really have that problem. Like, I can totally see that, but I was I was pretty on board. It, it, she was definitely very attached to that dress. It was a little extreme. I want to jump in to my personal connection. Yeah. Which, again, is a little tenuous, but it has to do with these kids going on this weird trip that doesn't make sense to me. It reminded me of a time in my own youth. Hey everybody, I had a giant story here. Let me just cut it real short because our thing is way too long. A friend of mine was trying to break up with the girl. He asked me to come along with him to make sure he held strong. Then he turned to look at me right when he started talking to her and was like, Oh, I don't think I wanted you to be here for this. And I felt so stupid, like I shouldn't be there. It was awkward. It was weird. Unpleasant. That's the whole story. And that kind of teen emotional drama angst nonsense that's what this movie that's the brought connection up in me. there was a lot of teen emotional angst drama in this movie yeah yeah for sure so that was my little connection wow. there yeah that would be super uncomfortable <laughs> it was it was awkward and it was more awkward when he told me to leave although honestly i was probably better than being present for that Ugh, discussion yeah for sure interesting connection so there was a point in the movie when all three of them get back together. Kate, uh, Ch Chase has gone missing, but he's back. Mm -hmm. And the girls are still both alive. And, they, and this woman has been attacking them. And Chase is all like, I put her in a cage. Yeah. I captured her. I put her in a cage. There were two things about that scene that particularly stood out for me and that I want to mention. Yes. So first of all, as they're going to this, like, horse ranch, it looked like to me. Like, there were lots of, yeah, it was like, totally. uh, um, panels set up that would hold horses and whatnot. Yeah. And they're walking up to it, and one of them says, I don't see any lights. 
Only it was one of the most well-lit scenes <laughs> of the whole movie. Yeah, there were they like, had lights set up off camera all over the place. Right? I'm like, oh, that's funny because I see all the lights. <laughs> yeah. Like in a in a movie that had some really, really dark, shadowy scenes, yeah. this was a super well-lit scene. And I just thought that was ironic. Yeah, I think like from that point to the end of the movie, everything was super bright. They were in this house that was unoccupied with no lights on and it was so bright right it's weird which probably means they were shooting day for night which we've already discussed annoys the garbage out of me anyway the other thing was he kept saying he put this woman in a cage i put her in a cage i put her in a cage i put her in a cage and they go it's not a cage it's a fence and then he's all shocked that she climbed over the fence and escaped but i have a a runner-up favorite line that happens right well actually no now that i think about it it's not a line at all it's an action okay before she escapes from the cage he comes up to the cage and he's like so she's in this cage and they're like oh no that's let's stay away and he's like oh don't worry she can't get out and then he opens the cage he's like she can't get out so i'll open it he opens the gate, <laughs> the gate in a fence that, that's like maybe four and a half feet tall. <laughs> yeah. I, um, and maybe that was the thing. Maybe that was the other one where I was like, I don't think this boy knows what words mean. No, this is not a trouble. cage. Um, so anyway, I just there was that was one of the more interesting scenes of the movie to me. Yeah, and that kind of goes along with uh, an issue I had. I made a note of... There's a bunch of times in this movie where things happen, and what we get is the characters going, I just saw this happen, and we don't get to see it. And we even rewound and tried to spot it, and we didn't get to see it. And that's like... That's just broken. That's not a movie. That's a a book. (laughs) It's an audio book. Yes! That is a good way to describe it. There was a lot of off-screen action in this movie. Yeah, which I guess is realistic for a found footage movie. It's the first time they've actually been realistic about it. The camera, it does not always get pointed the right way. But in this movie, it was like it was never pointed in the right way. It was always pointed at the characters, but not the ones who had things happening to them. Okay, so like getting to toward toward the end of the movie, like... There's lots of, lots of, you know, the kids, two of the kids die. We find out who the bad guy was who had kidnapped Katie Lavinger. I'm confused on that. Oh, okay. So, well, we know that guy was like the pastor or whoever, right? Right. There's a picture of Katie with her pastor and they had talked a bunch about how the church was so important to the community. Yeah, which was a huge red flag. Right. But then they they talked earlier about some guy who had been at the church. The guy he's the guy who they thought had kidnapped her. Yes. So he just wasn't. But it wasn't at all. him. No, it turned out it was actually the priest. Okay. And the priest was one of the ones who had said like, "Oh yeah, this guy was hanging around right, and probably took Katie." Good thinking. It, they made it so obvious that it was the church. Yeah. That I almost thought it was a red herring. Yeah. And I have a note. Remember the point where I was like, <gasps> "Ooh, I oh. have a theory." Yes. Okay. Unfortunately, it was wrong, but it would have made it a better movie. That's My the theory was that Stackman, the one cop guy who showed up, like the lead cop guy, yeah. and was being real shifty about things and like, I, we should just fast forward through all this. And like, he was, <laughs> he was weird about some stuff. Yeah. My theory was that he was the one who took her. That's pretty good. It would have been awesome. It could have been fun. Which yep. reminds me, uh, a theory of mine 
is that these cops could have been a lot more effective if they had started at the end of the tapes and went <laughs> backwards. Yeah. I mean, you know? Yeah. That would have made it a little harder for us to watch it. I know. know. I'm just saying, you know, proper police work. Yeah. Let's get these kids rescued. But I did like then at the very end when they have the guy who's out there on the scene Uh and they're listening to him over the walkie-talkie. I liked how that tied in with our first line, first shot, because it turns out he's the guy talking at the beginning. And um, I, I liked that wraparound. I liked the tension that it added. For the thing, everything's already gone down, but now there's even more people going into dangerous situations. And, you know, I was pretty sure terrible things were going to happen. And the movie ended, but I think the implication was that terrible things did happen to at least that one cop. Like, I don't think that one cop survives. Probably. I mean, I feel like the monster in this movie, and I'm calling her a monster, was... It's just so unclear to me. Like, I don't know what her deal was. I don't know what her abilities were. I don't know how dangerous she was. She just ran really fast. And she wanted the dress. And I'm so confused by her. Like, I don't know. Dude, was she after the bad man? Was she... I don't know. I'm not even going to speculate. No. it was. I don't. I don't think that they really knew. I think they were throwing a lot of stuff at the wall, like like throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. That's the devil's tree method, they call that. <laughs> Ratings. How do you rate this movie? Uh, um, I feel like I should have expected that question. <laughs> oh, you know what? Before I ask you that question, I want you to know that I'm asking you to rate it on our patented out-of-five rating system. Because we patented that system... And we want to make sure that no one else is using it. So let's make sure we use it now. Go. Okay, so using our patented out of five system. I am going to have to give this movie two out of five bloody dresses. Wow, okay. Um, usually I explain my rating a little bit more. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not overly a fan of found footage. What? I know. I found these characters fairly annoying. I agree that their acting was better than the cops and better than Devil's Tree, but it wasn't great. And there just was not... The story did not tie together in any way. So, I mean... It really didn't. But I'm going to give it the two because I actually was nervous during several parts of this movie. So I have to give it a little bit of credit. That's pretty cool. What about you? Well... I've decided, I I came up with this rating last night after the movie, and so I have to go with that, even though I might be feeling a little different now, just because that was from the movie. Sure. So it's for real. Okay. We're talking three out of five bloody dresses. Really? That I had some fun here. I enjoyed myself. And uh, it's it's the devil's tree problem. I enjoyed myself until the end when I realized it was all falling apart and none of it actually made sense. Although, Mm. in this case, I think... It might have made sense and we just didn't get it. So, which I'm not going to put on us. I'm saying they did a bad job of explaining things. But nonetheless, I think there was something there. Whereas the Devil's Tree, there was nothing there. That was just noise. So, three out of five for, for being okay. A kind of fun found footage movie for me. But not, I mean, it's not a four out of five. It's just middle of the road. Yeah. 
I mean, I did... It, when I think about found footage movies, I did like it better than a lot of other ones. Woo! Woo! All right. That's our review of the Levenger tapes. I think Soli has a suggestion for where we'll catch you next. Oh, you mean on the flippity-floppity. Well, that sounds utterly ridiculous, so I would <laughs> never say that, but... I guess that's where we'll catch you guys next as we review another movie tomorrow. What was that for? And why is... Uh, it... What the...